Awareness, the final frontier. These are the explorations of Jonathan Robinson and Brian Tom O'Connor. Their continuing mission, to discover fresh new paths to the mystery within. To seek out new joys and new methods of awakening. To boldly go into the heart of expanded consciousness. This is Awareness Explorers. Welcome back, fellow explorers of the inner realms. Good to have you again. This is Jonathan Robinson, and I'm with my co-host, Brian Tom O'Connor. We got the timing of that down pretty well, Brian. Yep. Uh, Let's see. Today, we are going to be talking about what I call the new spirituality, how the field of spiritual transformation has actually changed over the last 25 years. And the way that topic got into our consciousness was many of our listeners might know that I wrote a book called The Experience of God, in which I interviewed 20, uh, 40 spiritual leaders, ranging from Mother Teresa, the Dalai Lama, and everybody in between. Uh, that was in 1994. And I was going over the book. I'm going to republish it soon under the title Opening to the Infinite. But as I was looking at the answers, I realized how different they were than the answers we're getting from people nowadays. And how the entire field of spirituality has really changed as much as computers have changed in the last 25 years. So as I introduce this topic, Brian, I always ask uh, your first impression of what comes up when I talk about how the whole field of spirituality has completely transformed. Well, I have not been in spirituality for as long as you have. And when I first got into it, it was really the non-dual area that I became involved in. So it wasn't like there was a lot of other kinds and types. Although, of course, I sampled all sorts of crazy and esoteric things before discovering this. But I guess the one difference that I noticed is that there's less of an emphasis now on a holy person who has all the answers and more of an emphasis on a group of friends. Mm -hmm. Thus, uh, our group called Awareness Explorers. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, let me just correct that because I think both you and I do have all the answers, don't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think I misplaced them. Wait a minute. I think they're over yeah, there. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to look for them too. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one of, you know, I, what I did is I wrote an article in which I listed pretty much like 20 changes. And as I was listing them, I realized, wow, this is a completely different animal. And found it interesting. And we'll just, I'll go over what those 20 changes are. What I found interesting about this was that I tend to think of technology as changing rapidly. And even politics is changing rapidly, but I hadn't thought of spirituality as changing rapidly because it's been around for, you know, several thousand years. So I was a little bit surprised. And as I went through these 20 changes, I thought most of them were good. They're an evolution, but some of them might be a little bit shaky that were heading off into the future and kind of discarding a lot of what's been around for thousands of years. 
Yes, well, if technology is going to change, it's only natural that practically everything else in our culture is going to change along with it. And I think one of the ramifications of technology changing is that before we pretty much thought that the ancients had all the answers. And although I think many do, there have been new ways of putting it, new ways of phrasing it. Uh, and that's been going around our culture much faster because of technology. New and better ways of putting ancient wisdom has arisen through everything from social media to Amazon to every other form of, of quick communication today. And some of the ancient wisdom probably doesn't work anymore because the conditions are so different and the people are so different. You know, it might have been easy back a couple thousand years ago to spend an hour meditating or just, you know, living in nature and being quiet. But with, you know, a hundred emails a day and a couple of kids and a mortgage and everything else, it might be that completely new ideas and methods are needed to be appropriate for this day and age. Yes, that's true. And also, um, there was always an idea that it would take many, many years, and in some schools of thought, even many, many lifetimes. And that idea is changing. And the reason it's changing is because people are sharing their experiences and confirming that it does not necessarily take many, many years of arduous effort to realize our true nature or to become enlightened or however you want to define it. Yeah, I think of it as um, the conditions have in some ways gotten harder, meaning the fast pace, constant stimulation of modern day life, that grace or whatever realizes, well, these poor slobs, you know, need more help. And uh, so we'll make it a little bit easier. We'll increase the effectiveness of the methods, the dissemination of the methods. And so instead of it taking 10 lifetimes or 10 hours a day of meditation for 40 years, uh, we'll see if we can give them these 10 minute meditations and, and have a transformation there, which seems like a, a nice thing for Grace to be able to do in our, our ridiculously busy times. Well, if that's the case, then of course it is a, it is a marvelous thing. I found it interesting that I hadn't actually realized how much things had changed. Uh, remember like the metaphor of a frog going from normal water to like boiling water will definitely jump out because they recognize how big of a difference it is. But if you put a frog in water and then slowly turn up the heat, uh, they'll boil to death because they never notice how much things have changed. Mm. and um, I'm thinking that a lot of people haven't really updated their spiritual techniques and ideas to match with the latest, quote, technology of awakening. Well, that's so, for part sure. of, so part of what I want to do today is, is mention some of the old versus the new and in our guided meditation later, give people an invitation to potentially update their their beliefs their ideas their methods of of spiritual growth well i'm really curious about your list of 20 items and uh i think we can use that as a uh, jumping off point 
Okay. Well, one notice, uh, thing I noticed is that today people are less religious, you know, according to the Gallup poll, less people are going to church, but more people are into a um, open spirituality that's not religiously oriented or, in, or more of an awakening spirituality. And uh, I think that's mostly a good thing because uh, religion was not working for a lot of people. Now there's an option to still be focused on your spiritual growth without having to go to a specific church. And I think that's a really good thing as long as it stays focused on our direct experience. Mm -hmm. Dogma is not necessarily something that's going to really um, bring about a deep change within. But if we see, if we try some techniques and see if they do bring about either peace or quiet or stillness or joy or bliss, then we can use that as our own internal guideposts. Mm -hmm. Of course, the disadvantage is that church was a social institution as well. And sometimes it's hard to connect with like-minded people. You know, we do it over the internet or podcasts, but it's nice to have a place where you can go and you meet people who are connected. I know you do that through some of your meetups, but not everybody has that opportunity. That's right. And it's always a shame to throw the baby out with the bathwater because uh, religion has a lot of positive effects in culture as well as some serious negative ones. Yeah, yeah. But that is a major change. Um, another one is there's less focus on authority, whether it be church or gurus, and more of a focus on listening to your own intuition or inner self and doing what it says. And I think, once again, everything has a, a plus and a minus. Um, you know, I was with a guru for 26 years, and there were definitely pluses and minuses to that. But now I see everybody's kind of like, well, I just decide everything on my own. And I'm actually somebody who thinks, eh, that's not always a good thing. Sometimes it is, and being part of a of a guru that's very cult-like isn't a good idea. But I think the fact that we don't trust authority as much nowadays has had a major impact on spiritual growth. It sure has. And for my experience, uh, I certainly, when starting out, wanted a teacher, wanted someone who really could point me in the right direction because I, I didn't know. I was determined not to be depressed and sad and upset and neurotic, and I needed someone to really help point me in the right direction. I was lucky enough to find people, though, who were not dogmatic, who said, you don't mm -hmm. need to believe what I say. You need to go within and try it. And that's huge, I think. Yeah, it's the difference between a guru and somebody who's pointing the way. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who's more like a, a spiritual friend. I kind of see it as, as a situation where if someone is uh, climbing out of a hole or, or, or making their way through the forest and they've gotten, you know, they've, they've climbed up and see some sunlight and they reach their hand down and help the next person up, to me, that's a good thing. 
Yeah, yeah, and hopefully our listeners have access to such people. And you and I serve that purpose to people, either through our coaching or through this podcast. And I have people who serve that purpose to me, you know, where they coach me and they help me on my next step. So I think that can be really healthy. Another change is that, you know, in the 80s and 90s, we had a a slogan towards uh, drug use, which was just say no. And now uh, a lot of people I know are doing medicine journeys and guiding people on psychedelic journeys or MDMA journeys and ayahuasca journeys. That's been a huge shift. And it's become very much a part of the culture in California. Yes, and here too as well. A lot of people are are into that. I don't have direct experience of that. I haven't haven't done any psychedelics since college days, which at my advanced age was a long time ago. But I know a lot of people who who are. Mm -hmm. Uh, I sometimes guide people in these journeys. They uh, come up and they, they take these things and I sit there with them and help them out. And it's very healing. I especially have started working with people with PTSD um, and found that a lot of times people can get over it in just one session. And I think that the drug MDMA will actually be legalized for doing that in about a year, according to uh, my sources. So it's a major change in the culture and the whole marijuana legalization that's happened in the culture is a big shift in how we relate to these powerful substances. That's right. And it's yet to be seen whether this is a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it will be good for some and bad for others. Any tool that's powerful, people, some people use well and some people abuse it. And it really doesn't matter whether that tool is sex or drugs or rock and roll or uh, gurus or any of the other ways that people have of altering their consciousness. Yes, you got to make sure you, you use it responsibly. Another change is that there used to be a really big focus on people needing to clean up their act before they could ascend to higher realms. Uh, like you might have to spend 20 years in therapy. And now there's a big focus on direct awakening, you know, just buy this book, uh, listen to this podcast, whatever it is. And you see, well, no, you don't need to be a perfect human being before you tap into your true nature. And I think that's really mostly a positive development. Although if you leave that behind, you know, it's still important to to grow up as a human being, even if you wake up. Yes, that's really true. Uh, it doesn't necessarily solve all the problems in the relative world. Um, but it is interesting. And it's not just, you know, buy a book, listen to a podcast, uh, and then boom. But there is such a thing as the direct path, which is huge right now. Well, huge relatively. It's probably small in our in our culture at large, but it's, it's the idea that we can look directly and turn our attention directly to our true nature of awareness, as opposed to the gradual path of purification over a long period of time and then 
we will somehow be, be worthy of it. And I, I see that as a good thing, but only because for me, the other, I failed miserably at one and the other one works. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice to have that option of direct awakening rather than having to work through all 350 different obstacles in our neuroses. Right, right. And and I'm still neurotic about many, many things. I have tons and tons of, of flaws. But, but to discover that these neuroses are just sort of like clouds that pass in the sky and I'm really the sky, it just puts them into perspective in such a different way. And it's so much more freeing and relaxed and easing. And it's like, oh... There they go again. Okay, there goes Brian acting neurotic again. But who am I really? Yeah, that can be a really good feeling and change in how one relates to oneself. And I think that that's been a major uh, benefit to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I also noticed that, you know, it used to be people would refer to finding God and now you don't hear that term God very much. You hear consciousness, awareness, true nature, awakening. And there's a little bit less of a, maybe a devotional aspect that, and, and uh, also less of a authoritative aspect. You know, a lot of people pictured God with a beard in the clouds judging us and Luckily, that part is, I think, falling away, and that's good. But I miss a little bit of that devotional energy, which maybe used to be stronger. So once again, there's good and bad, um, depending upon what one is looking for. But uh, the term God seems to be very passe at this point. Well, I think you're, of course, talking about the uh, spiritual <clears throat> but not religious set. And yeah. I've seen that too, but lately I've seen it come back in. Uh, I've so seen God goes in and out of fashion? God goes in and out of fashion, less like anything else. But the big shift, I think, is the, and this is, of course, not completely, not universal or widespread in any means, but I've seen it in a, in a small circle. The, the shift in the idea that God is a being out there. Mm-hmm. as opposed to all there is, as opposed to the universe, as opposed to consciousness itself, which means that God is within us and that actually it may be that God is what's looking out through our eyes. And so some people do bring back God. The problem, of course, with God is that I think for 99.9% .9 of the people, an image immediately pops up of a being that's out there that's separate from me. But the real mystical movement that I've seen change is the movement towards the connection with that divine within yeah. and the non-separation from the divine. I like your point. You're basically saying that our conception of this word God is changing and evolving, and hopefully in a way that is very helpful to people. Yes, I think so, or at least in the small circle 
that, that we uh, travel in. <laughs> that's right. I don't know about the culture at large. I couldn't say. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, there's been less focus on sin. You don't hear a lot of people in our uh, group of friends talk about sin. And even in the mega preachers on TV, there's a little bit less focus on that and more on self-love and spiritual healing. And that, I think, is mostly a good thing um, because telling people how terrible they are does not seem to be either greatly spiritually motivating or help people to feel uh, good about themselves. Right. I think it creates a lot of uh, trauma and guilt and shame. And But one real quick thing about sin that I heard recently uh, from a spiritual teacher um, talked about that they believe that the original word repent, our English translation of that is repent, and we think that means um, stop sinning or ask for forgiveness of sins. But in this theory, the original word meant to turn around. Mm -hmm. And they feel that the meaning of repentance is actually turning attention around. Um, the kingdom of heaven is within. So you're, you're really looking within. And to me, this is the biggest shift of all is the turning within instead of without. And of course, this is kind of like what I was saying with your last point, but it's similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a couple more changes I've seen in the last 25 years. Um, 25 years ago, there was more polarization, I think, in terms of there being one right way to God or spiritual growth. And according to polls now, people are more tolerant that, you know, you can be a Muslim, a Jew, a Christian, uh, uh, go to this church, that church. I think in this highly polarized society, this is one area where we've actually made progress and said, you know, you got to do what's real to you. Yes, I, I certainly hope that that's true. It does seem that there is progress. I hope that it continues and becomes widespread. Because mm -hmm, we in this multi-eclectic approach to spirituality are the one right way. And as long as everybody else agrees with us, then there's definitely progress there. Now it slips in. Uh, every group still thinks that they're the best, but the others are at least tolerable now. Mm -hmm. So, um, And the last one I'll mention is there's less focus on having the right beliefs and more focus on the practical embodiment of spiritual values in everyday life. And I'm gonna take a firm stand and say, that's a good thing. I'm with you. There we go. And we're right, we have the one right way, and don't <laughs> you forget that. That's right, we're right about this. But yes, I, and, and to me, this is the biggest one of all. Um, the shift away from dogma to direct experience. And it's not so much that it's new, because every religion at its root came from a mystical path. And the mystical path was a direct experience. And it was only after that, that all the political stuff, all the hierarchical stuff, or all the <clears throat> moral stuff, and all the 
positive cultural coming of age rituals and all that kind of stuff and in any and the charitable um part of religion so good and bad there's good and bad in 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 religion but it's not monolithic and at the root of it all is actually direct experience and now i believe that's coming back more and more yeah even churches that are focused on just ideas they're losing membership you know people want to have an experience and um i think that that is for the most part helpful you know the other change that has happened is the power of the internet uh everything's available all the time often for free or low cost but the danger of that is that you can go one inch deep on 30 different things rather than dig your well deep into something that really transforms you so once again with something that's powerful, you got to make sure you use it in the right way, or you can go around in circles. It's true. There's good and bad to all of this. I think it is overall a net positive. Um, an but internet I'm, positive. <laughs> an internet positive. But I'm thinking of it from my experience and the people, the experience I know. I don't associate with... Um, jihadists and cultists and the people who go on the internet to find uh, people who believe lots of crazy things. Um, and for me, it's not about beliefs at all. It's about, hmm, if you try this, if you try turning your attention this way, if you try relaxing and allowing things to be, and then turn your attention to awareness itself, what happens? And um, so it's not, and you don't have to believe anything to try that. Yeah. And I think that's a big shift recently. And being able to find our tribe this way, because, you know, this podcast is partly our, our um, effort to find our tribe, mm -hmm. you know, because it might be one tenth of one percent of the population. And if you live in a city, you might have, you know, one other person into this stuff. You might not find them, but through the podcast or through meetups or through um, workshops and retreats, which are also becoming more popular, you can find these connections. And you really need those connections, I think, in order to move forward on your path. That's right. Can you imagine if, if you used to the only way you could ever find like-minded people is if you just happen to come across a flyer on a bulletin board somewhere or uh, as opposed to now or you can uh, just do a search and find a, a group that that's into it just a little plug um if you're into these things tell your friends about the and tell them to listen to awareness explorers that way you'll have your own discussions and reminders and things like that because I think that that is a key part to moving forward on any spiritual path. Uh, we're not talking about creating a church and a dogma, but being a fellow or finding fellow explorers is really um, very heartening and I think also very practically effective. Explore together, or in the words of E.M. Forster, only connect. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whether these are good or bad really depends on how you approach them 
technology often is two steps forward, one step back. And I recently wrote an article called, Is a Certain Technology Your Friend? And just to summarize it, you know, if it brings you closer to your heart and wisdom and peace, it's probably a friend. If it uh, is used for distraction or uh, makes you stressed out, it probably isn't. You know, you can take something like Facebook. How do you use Facebook? You know, some people use it to just go through their friends' recipes and what they ate for breakfast. And some people use it to find deep friendships and help for non-dual awareness. Those are very different aspects of using the same technology. Yep. So I encourage people to look at these things and ask themselves certain questions. And in fact, in today's guided meditation, I will help people to do that. But any last comments you have, Brian, on this sweep of ever-changing new spirituality? I think that the main thing is to look around, be discerning, make sure that there are not a lot of promises that seem impossible and there are not a lot of demands on you and that the people that you are learning from seem honest, seem loving, seem caring, seem unpretentious and encourage you to try it for yourself and see what works as opposed to believing them, which is, of course, just a summing up of all that we've, we've said before in this podcast, mm -hmm. or at least in, in this episode. Yeah, yeah, that, that's good advice. So um, in this guided meditation that I'm about to lead, it will be important for you to have a pen and paper nearby so that once you leave the guided meditation, you'll write down some answers to questions that I will be asking you. I'll play along and grab a pencil and paper right now. Good. And I believe that people have certain answers available to themselves if they just get quiet and are asked the right questions. So make yourself comfortable and Close your eyes if you can. Feel yourself in your seat. Feel your entire body relaxing under the weight of gravity that is allowing all your muscles to relax in your seat. I'd like you to begin by imagining that you're at the top of a set of stairs. I'm going to count backwards from 10 to zero as you relax further with each number that I count and each step that you take down the stairs to a deeper level of mind. Starting at 10, you can take a step down to nine. Now to eight, relaxing more deeply with each step that you take and each number I count back, letting go of concerns of the day and just being here now with your body, listening to me in the background, taking a step down to seven, 
Now to six. Five deeper with each step. And each number that I count. Reaching a deeper level of mind. Four. Three. Feeling a little bit of a silence within, even if you have thoughts and other distractions. Getting in touch with some quiet within. Two. One. And now zero. Being in touch with a little bit of quiet, your higher mind or intuition. As I ask you some questions, I'll give you about 30 seconds after each question to just listen for any answer that comes up for you or feels right, feels good in your body. Then once the entire meditation is done, I'll review those questions so you can perhaps write down any intuitive insights that you received. So the first question is, what have you believed in the past, either idea or belief from the past, that no longer seems to serve you? It might be about God or a method or a group. What beliefs or ideas from the past have you had that might no longer be serving you in your life today? Take about 30 seconds to just see if any intuitive answer comes up for you. What else have you believed in the past, maybe as a child or adult, that no longer feels right or no longer serves you? Good, and now a somewhat related question. What practices from the past either meditations or techniques or whatnot, no longer seem that helpful to you. Do any fall into that category? Take 30 seconds and ask yourself, what practices from the past that you may have been using no longer seem that helpful to you? Just listen for anything that feels or seems right to you. Good. Next question. What group or 
person might help you to move forward in your spiritual practice at this point? What group or person do you feel might serve you now? Just listen for any intuitive answers that might feel right. It might even be a book or someone you can find on the internet. That could be helpful. And the last question, is there a practice that you've been attracted to? Maybe you've used it, maybe you have not, that you think would serve you at this point in your life? Is there some kind of specific practice that you'd like to focus on that you think might be helpful to you? Just take some time and listen for anything that feels right. Gradually, as you become aware of where you're sitting, I'm going to bring you back up to your more normal state and slowly repeat the questions. And if you had any intuitive insight into any of those questions, I would encourage you to write them down. So imagine yourself at the bottom of a set of stairs. I'll count from one to ten, two, Moving up the stairs, three, four, five, becoming more alert, six, becoming more aware of your surroundings, seven, eight, nine, and ten. You can slowly open your eyes and hopefully find a pen and paper nearby. I'll just briefly go over these questions. And if any answer appeared for you, just jot down a couple of words to help remind you. The first question was, was there any belief or idea from your past that no longer seems to be serving you? Anything arose, just write a couple words. Anything from your past that you believed that maybe no longer serves you. Second question was, any practices from the past that no longer seem to serve you that you might be able to let go of? Just take a few seconds to write down anything that may have arisen for you. Third question was, or any people or groups that you feel could serve you now? Any people or groups that you feel could serve you now? Maybe you've been attracted to them or you want to further dive into their work. Just write out 
reminder note about them. And last one was any practices that might serve you now that you've been attracted to and would like to more focus on or learn about. Any practices that you feel could be beneficial to you. And as you look over any notes that you wrote or contemplate any of these insights, hopefully you will also be entering into your own new spirituality and accelerating your progress. And feel free to use that in any way that is beneficial to you. So Brian, how was that for you? Well, I love the fact that when we get quiet, answers come. In my case, there were some surprising answers to the questions oh, that I could not have predicted uh, would come. But when I was just really quiet and not really thinking about it, just allowing whatever answers popped in, some mm -hmm. really interesting ones did, and I enjoyed that a lot. Good. I hope that's true for our listeners as well. I, I find that my thinking mind and intuitive mind are often very different. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely right. I yeah. think of it as um, when our thinking mind is so busy, there's a one-way stream going back from the world and our thinking mind back to our back to awareness. And when we quiet that down a little bit, then there can be a two-way stream. So there can be a flow from awareness, which of course is connected to the vast universal consciousness so that we can actually gain insight from that in a two-way stream instead of just the one-way stream of thinking, 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 planning, 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 figuring out, figuring out. Yeah. Listening to either God, intuition, or higher self will never go out of style. <laughs> I hope not. So um, I encourage people to go to our website, awarenessexplorers.com, and there's about 40 other meditations there. Tell your friends if you're a giving person. A lot of people could use some peace, some uh, love, some awareness in their life, and it's nice to share that gift with other people, especially when it's free. Uh, of course, Brian and I do... Uh, awareness and awakening coaching and anything else you want to add Brian I only want to say that uh, thank you very much for listening I so appreciate hearing from and knowing about people who listen to these podcast episodes and feel that somehow in some small way it helps them and brings about a little bit more joy peace and happiness so I'm very grateful to you for listening. Yeah, me too. And, and um, feel free to email us if you have anything you want to communicate. Uh, you can contact us from the website awarenessexplorers.com and we are also have a bunch of stuff on YouTube as well. Thanks to your, your technical help because um, <laughs> I really appreciate what you do that way.
Well, you're very welcome. And uh, as I said before, often it's often it's fun to, to sort of figure out how to do things technically, especially when you didn't know how to do them before. Yes, maybe there's a little bit of a hump of uh, frustration, but when you get past it, it's it's marvelous. And yeah, yeah. and the only thing I wanted to add is that, of course, all of these episodes are free on our website, are free on practically every podcast host known to man from Apple Podcasts to Spotify and also on YouTube. Um, however, it does cost money to and time to put them together. So uh, on our website, we have a donate button on every page. So if you have the wherewithal and you're so moved, it would be nice to get a little support that way as well. Yep, I concur. Otherwise, keep listening for free and uh, don't feel bad about it. We'd rather have you than than not. Yeah. So um, I think that's it for today. Uh, it's a wild, wacky, uh, ever-changing world out there. And uh, it's good to keep the exploration going, staying current. And as always, keep exploring. Keep exploring. Thank you for listening to Awareness Explorers. To learn more, you can check out our website at awarenessexplorers.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. And we'd love it if you would post a review. And please share our link on Facebook and with family and friends. Because knowing yourself as awareness is the greatest gift you can give yourself or someone you love.